a little bit challenging to speak. Um, as Charlie has already mentioned, my name is Vera. I come from Ukraine and uh, was born and raised there and was blessed to study here at His Hill and to be part of Bernie Bible Church. Um, to be honest, it's my first time speaking in front of people who I suspect didn't experience war. Um, so I apologize for maybe not being sensitive enough to things that we lived through and might be a little bit harsh for you. Because, uh, yeah, I just, you know, the hardships change the reality of perception of life. And uh, I just want to apologize ahead and try, we'll try to be uh, sensitive with that. When I was told that uh, we'll have opportunity to share a Sunday school, I thought we should read the Bible here, <laughs> not just listen to stories. But then I decided maybe I should share the story from the Bible that inspired me and encouraged me to do whatever I've been doing, we've been doing. The story is from the Second Kings, chapter 5. And this is the story of Naaman's slave girl. Um, I will read uh, verses 2 through 4. It's chapter 5. Now, um, yeah, that's half of the second verse. Um, they taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my master, um, my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Uh, Naaman was sick with leprosy. I suspect you all know this story. That girl inspired me in lots of cases uh, in a way that she had all the rights to be angry for becoming an orphan, for losing her home, for being displaced, for being kind of a thing. She was either stolen as a thing would be stolen or could have been bought as we buy things on the market. Um, with all her being and at least behavior we see here, she wishes well to her master. And she's, uh, that little girl, she serves her master so well that she actually listens to her opinion. Uh, for me, it's a good example of work ethic, um, even to the person who, wasn't, who didn't wish me well at first. And uh, sometimes we, it's hard for us to relate to handsome Daniel and smart and wise, or to Esther, who was super beautiful. But this little girl, she didn't even have a name. Uh, so we all can kind of relate to that. Um,
And uh, yeah, it's hard not to cry and think about that story. Our life consists of many small choices that build us up. And being at war, it was a choice. But it didn't start right there. It started way back then when, like, you know, we learned to make little choices from childhood. And one of the hardest steps I had to make was to go back from his hill to back to Ukraine. Uh, because lots of people told me, um, you should stay in America. Ukraine is a poor country. And uh, um, CIU had opened door for me. And, um, but I've been praying and a friend of mine told me this thing that Vera Ruth's choice um, didn't make sense to people around her. But she did whatever she felt God wants her to do. Uh, do whatever you feel like God wants you to do, if, even if it doesn't make sense to others. Um, it got really clear in my heart that I got to go back to Ukraine. And um, that's one of those things that helped me to go from my home to the very front line, to the zero point. That the things that don't make sense to others, but whatever God is calling you to do, those are actually important. Um, a little bit on history of Ukraine and the war. The war actually started in 2014. I remember the day when my sister told me, uh, told us that a Russian missile hit her property and their paid off house and property, everything they had turned into a big trash pile. Uh, and praise the Lord, they, their children were away and their children didn't see what happened to their property, like house, and they had nurseries like greenhouses, they raised flowers and had business with that. So they lost everything, and from that point in my heart, and all of us Ukrainians knew that Russia wants to take over Ukraine. And uh, um, yeah, here in the map you can see Donetsk point. This is where my sister lived, and uh, we knew that like Russia wants to take over entire Ukraine, but this is where they started. Um, and. They've been threatening uh, for a long time. They were threatening uh, that they would take over. Uh, yes, and then they took over Crimea, Donetsk, and Lugansk, those like red areas. And next thing they said, we will take over Odessa. Uh, I come from Odessa. And uh, they said like, oh, Odessa is a Russian-speaking city. It means uh, they're Russians and they're pro-Russian which is actually not true that much. Yes, we do speak Russian, but actually we do speak Ukrainian as well. So um, it, was, uh, 
it was the time thing, like we knew the war will be. Uh, but in 2021, in like autumn time, uh, Russian president started pushing uh, Ukraine for yielding the property, like the country of Ukraine, and started threatening in uh, uh, January. Uh, America and other big countries called off their embassies from Ukraine. And uh, in February 24th, five in the morning, uh, Russians shelled all of the major cities, uh, civilians and military bases, uh, like at one time, it was pretty much five in the morning, entire Ukraine was shelled, like each major city. It's just part of Ukraine here. Um, and uh, it happened that at that moment there were a few of us at home uh, with my parents and a brother of mine who drives, uh, like his friend asked him, like, can you take my family? They just had a baby. And uh, he, like the friend's driver's license got ex uh, expired. And he was like, can you take my family out of country? Because my parents, oops, my parents said like, we will stay back in Odessa for a while. We will see what, like how it goes. So I stayed with my parents at first and my brothers, uh, it happened that my parents were missionaries in Russian Republic and they have a Russian birth certificate. So for Ukrainians, they are potentially can be Russian spies. And they had hard time crossing the borders back to Ukraine. That's why like uh, they never came back to Ukraine after the war had started. And <clears throat> I stayed with my parents. Um, I think this is the button. Okay, those are my parents. And uh, oh, I decided to include this picture because it's super important to me. Um, at first, maybe all of you would say war is not for everyone and I'm not brave. I can say I'm not brave and war is definitely not for me. It's not my thing and I hated everything about war. Guns, never shot a gun in Texas while living here for two years. <laughs> Yesterday we talked to John and I reminded him that I refused to teach ride free at the camp because I'm like, I don't want to touch a gun. I, I, I strongly dislike <laughs> everything about shooting and anything what would remind me of war. Um, even the colors, I never had green or any camouflage colors in my wardrobe. Uh, this is how much it was like disgusting to me. Uh, and uh, when Odessa was shelled, uh, I was afraid. And my dad, he loves the Lord. He is the man of God. And he was like, Vera, didn't you read the Psalm 90? Like it won't get close to, to you. So if you don't believe like it won't get close to you, it won't get close to me. So you be close to me and won't get close to you and to me as well. Like you're safe when you're next to me. Um, it, it is funny now, but then it was very real. Every time you go by, you, yeah, you lay down, you try to fall asleep, you either hear uh, explosions or sirens or something going on and you never know if you wake up or not. So, or anything, anything happens. Mm. But we grow closer with the Lord with the time. 
and uh, uh, the map you can see Odessa is a little bit away from that purple and pink uh, area, but Odessa was directly shelled from the sea. And uh, that made it, um, like, it's not considered to be the front line, but it was the front line. Also, there is a little country called Trans Transnistria. Uh, Actually, it's called Prinestrovia, but <laughs> that's how we call it here. And it is Russian Republic. So they threatened Odessa from that side as well. And we knew like, if Russians would want to squeeze Odessa, we are like in the middle. And if they blew up a few bridges there, we are just trapped and there is no way to go because it's surrounded by water and lakes there. So, um, and second week, uh, after the war had started, we started serving the IDPs, uh, internally displaced people from shelled areas. Uh, I had strangers staying in my home, just like come and go and leaving because Odessa was the, it is also a bordering uh, town. So people to Moldova or who wanted to flee to Romania, they came to Odessa, through Odessa. So if they needed a place to stay, like, and if they knew my phone number, they stayed at my place. And it happened that there, are lots of, there were lots of people who left their homes and they had nothing to eat and nothing to wear. And uh, we were those uh, thrift store shoppers because <laughs> we already didn't have our own clothing to share that much. Um, yeah, my brother probably doesn't know I gave away all of his clothing. <laughs> So, um, and uh, I started shopping because people needed something to wear um, and something to eat. Um, it was a painful picture to see, but um, even though Odessa wasn't the frontline city, we experienced uh, the frontline part there as well. Okay, I'm just trying to watch the time as well. Um, now I will try to comment pictures and give some maybe geographical locations, but I'll try to do my best to share God at first. And uh, sometimes we want to know God and we know God from the Bible and we know God with our brain, but God wants us to know him, like know him, experience him, to know with our whole being in uh, make hard decisions uh, just to walk with him, to trust him and to obey him. This picture, uh, this lady is holding New Testament, the big print, and uh, I have the whole series of uh, picture which I would name something late for my own funerals. Uh, my German driver was very frustrated with me being late because of something happened, I don't remember. But apparently this town was shelled by phosphorus bombs, uh, which look like fireworks, but actually hold the poison, I suspect it's liquid or something, that just melts your skin and very poisonous to your body. So um, yeah, it was shelled 
we were late for funerals or for the show. And that lady, she came up from her apartment, she, and she said, you know what, honey? I, I know I will die, but I'm afraid. I'm not ready. I need someone like to confess my sins to. Can you pray with me? <laughs> so I don't know if you see, but like she has very excited look at her face and it's Romans, I think eight, nine open, like when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that uh, Jesus uh, is God will be saved. And she's like, I do believe, I do believe. <laughs> Well, it could have been out of fear, but uh, we got to share whatever we have when we have Jesus. So it was a, a dangerous, scary, beautiful moment. <laughs> um, it is one of those serious late for own funerals. Uh, we unloaded humanitarian aid as the town of Kramatorsk. At the moment, it is 20 miles away from the zero point from Russian trenches being very heavily shelled. In this building, we do the church services and big organizations like Samaritan's Purse, they provide with food and uh, uh, they trust Christian organizations. Our pastors, they or chaplains, they preach and each person who came to service, they get like the food parcel. Um, and we unloaded this and when we, we were super fast, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, this is the church service. Uh, it is so full that people are sitting in the like hallway, uh, in the like this between the lines. It's that building. It up to thousand people per day, listen to gospel and get food. Um, and the place where we turned around, the picture will be later. Um, we left and heard some explosion. Uh, three days later, we came back and there was a missile sticking out. Uh, happened that we ran away from old funerals. Well, this is how the world looks like. I won't comment just pictures. Some children who hate school might appreciate this picture. <laughs> somebody's bedroom. Um, this forest is mined and uh, full of, we say, secrets. Uh, there, the place um, was occupied by Russians and lots of women who are not elderly age, but before that uh, were raped and disappeared. Like people suspect they were buried somewhere in the forest and the forest is mined. So if anyone would try to find any, anything, uh, they will die. And it used to be a Russian tank. Um, bread in Ukraine is a big thing. And uh, people, um, we have an agreement with some bakeries where we bring them flour and they give us bread and we go around the villages and uh, give them food parcels, Bibles, preach, pray with them, just hug them and share whatever we have, whatever they need and give them bread. Those people, they're crying because they haven't had bread for seven months. They were under Russian occupation. 
this little girl got smeared and spurious shoebox and she is opening it in the bumper shelter. So this is how the food distribution looked like. People are just crowded. Uh, yeah, before we give away food, we uh, preach. It's like simple message of, uh, with simple, not religious words. Uh, who God is, why did Jesus come? Yeah. Uh, winter time was a really challenging time for Ukrainians because we, like in the front lines in, in the cities, people didn't have electricity and didn't have water. So the only way to kind of keep warm, blankets. So people were super thankful for blankets. Uh, this man is asking how's it going in the world because they don't have electricity, they don't have a way to charge their phones. And they're like, so how's it going? <laughs> like outside our village, which was occupied. Um, my part was the medical part, is distribute um, medication for people in need. Uh, yeah, it's challenging part as well. <laughs> Uh, this is the road of life and death, and uh, uh, the story here was uh, the in the checkpoint. Uh, the police took our phone numbers and information, and they said, "You won't survive. We need someone. Uh, we need to know whose death we will report." Uh, <laughs> I smiled. I was like, "We'll I'll be back. He'll see us soon." <laughs> Well, we were shelled here. It was very close. Uh, they didn't hit us, praise the Lord, but they, they hit that car and we saw it on fire. Yeah. They tried to shell us here too, but they missed. Well, they just, for me, it looks like God put his, puts his doll and this is like the shells didn't get to us. Because this is the only reason how I think I, I can explain how hundreds of shells didn't hit us. Um, mines, anti-tank mines, and it's our vehicle. We had to evacuate handicapped people from the occupied territories. <laughs> when I saw this bridge, I thought about bridge by his hill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a beautiful story. I'll try to put it in one minute. We were 300 meters away from the Russian front line. 300 meters, 200 meters is the river and 100 meters away from the shore. That's where we were. We prayed, uh, we were driving into the village and prayed for God to stop rain because it was raining. Um, but not to remove clouds, because the clouds, they protect the visibility for the Russians. And uh, so the God, God stopped rain. It was cloudy, but not rainy. Uh, we preached, we gave away things, and the lady came up to us, and she was like, there is a house, the elderly pe people live there, 91-year-old and 87-year-old lady. Uh, can you please bring them the parcels, deliver the parcels? So we did this guy's paramedic, and he was super excited. We knocked the door, we knocked the door for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, nobody opened the door. 
And we're like, there is something suspicious about it. Um, the other guy got into the house through the window. We opened the house and found the dead wife and still living husband in the same bed. Uh, painful story, but beautiful story about it. Uh, sometimes God touches our hearts to do or be ready for some things we don't think very relevant. And God, before it happened, a couple of months before it happened, God touched my heart with, like, Vera, be ready to share the gospel within 90 seconds and lead the person to the Lord. Um, so this, is, this man accepted Jesus before he died. Uh, yeah, like, we had a team of Americans, paramedics and drivers, and... Uh, they said, like, we're losing him. I'm like, Lord, what am I doing, like, here? And then, like, Vera, you can lead him to the Lord. What are you doing here? Duh. So, <laughs> um, he couldn't talk that much, but with his lips, I could read that he repeated the words of repentance. And, yes, before that, I explained him gospel in simple words. Uh, and whenever we report his, his wife's death to the police and local military, they said, like, you were there? Like, Russians could see you, like, here. Um, you were, like, it's surprised that they didn't kill you. Uh, like, how? Who, who are you? So, and we're like, oh, God is with us? Yeah, this is how the this is ladies' home in the garage. Um, real picture of what's going on. It's our vehicle. Uh, after the dam was blew up, uh, lots of mines were covered with water and then my uh, mud, and uh, people uh, got blew up because they didn't see the mines. Um, this is the recent picture, maybe a week ago, from my hometown. Yeah, uh, Russians were shelling the grain storages, and the military bases ingest the living districts. So it's my hometown. Yeah, it's grain storage. Um, after dam was blew up, this is the district where my friend used to live. His roof is one of those roofs. Oh, you might not see, but there is a water on the half of this picture. It's just like reflection. So, uh, and the problem there is they don't have water. So the Christians um, took, uh, like, got the huge, uh, like, containers and uh, uh, distributed just drinking water because uh, water got contaminated. There, there were cemeteries not far from the river, so like there were dead bodies flowing down the river. It's in Odessa, Green? Odessa, my hometown. It's, yeah, it's after them blew up. It's my hometown. We uh, had We've been uh, shelled every night from 2 in the morning till 4.30 in the morning for past week before I came. So oops. this is how our guys evacuated people after the dam blew up. That blew up. 
the lady from a church lives in this house. It was an airstrike. Uh, pretty big thing. Yeah, just houses. Um, this is a nuclear uh, bomb called Satan. And those guys are Eastern Orthodox priests. And it's going on in Russia. They're praying over a nuclear bomb called Satan. So this is, represents the religious part of Russian, I don't know, uh, politics <laughs> or military. And this is um, mass grave. Uh, Russians been killing uh, thousands. And people say that in this mass grave, uh, grave up to a couple of thousand civilians. Um, it's in Ukraine, Mariupol, Ukraine, April last year. This is a Butova firing range, 1939 during Stalin. Like the history has a tendency to repeat itself. Uh, us being shelled, praise Jesus, we're here, fine. <laughs> It's part of our team of paramedics and uh, guys, mechanics, drivers. Um, from this place, we saw Russian jets fighting, like uh, firing Ukrainian villages. Medical distribution. This is the guy whom we saved, and the hospital was shelled so badly that they didn't have electricity. The only way to eliminate was the just the flashlight and the power banks to uh, connect to the thing that does like heart cardiogram. Yeah. This village, we shared the gospel and we were the last one who were there. And after this day, Russians took over that place. Uh, was horrible, horrible case. Yeah, we distributed, shared gospel, prayed with them and uh, Lots of people said, give us peace, give us hope, and we're preached gospel because it's the only hope and the only peace we have. Yeah, this lady told me, she, she was super sweet, and she was like, honey, give me peace. It was December 23rd. I'm like, Jesus, it's the only peace. So I opened the Christmas story. Uh, the Bible, children's Bible with pictures. I'm like, the only peace we have is Jesus. This is whatever peace I have in my heart, and this is the peace I can give. It works regardless of circumstances. And this is the story I told we were late for our own funerals. <laughs> I took a picture with this missile because I'm like, that could be me there. So, and yeah, we evacuated injured. Um, and people sell one of those things. Yeah, it's the last picture. Um, there is, besides Bible, there are good books. One of them is this book. I, I, I love it. it. It's little advertisement. You can get it at his hill store. <laughs> <laughs> I love this book. And I took pictures of some pages and I had it with me in the front line, uh, it's called the character of God. Uh, we know about the character of God, but it's really good to know himself, like God himself. And I want to read here. 
uh, he is omniscient. There is nothing he cannot do. The attributes, uh, I mean, yeah, he is omnipotent. There is nothing he cannot do. He is omniscient. There is nothing he doesn't know. Something I really love. He love. He is eternal. He is unhindered by time. We can learn to wait on his timing, trust his timing. Um, it's hard to see God in all hard circumstances, horrible circumstances, but it is possible. And uh, his ways are best ways, though it's painful sometimes. And uh, definitely with many pictures I showed, you could testify that it's worth trust his timing. So this is where I end at the moment. If you have any questions and if we have any time, I will try to answer. What do you need? Me as Ukraine? <laughs> or me as... Uh, Whichever you feel like answering. First, we need prayers. People in Ukraine are angry now, bitter, revenging. Um, yeah. You, you can see lots of angry people. And <laughs> at some point I was just, you know, you read the Bible, you're, in the, you're so happy. And I, was, I went to the coffee shop being so happy. And the lady came up to me and was like, what's your name? I'm like, my name is Vera. She's like, don't you know there is a war outside of coffee shop? Why are you smiling? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll share Jesus with you. <laughs> yeah, but this is the general thing. Like, people are angry and uh, with Russia, with God, with government, with everything, anything in themselves and circumstances. Uh, because there is not much we can do. Um, it's a hard question because right now I would say I resigned. Uh, I got under very heavy shellings after which um, I decided it's better for me to be in more peaceful places. <laughs> so uh, if you want mission organizations names, I can give you names afterwards. Like the ones who provide us, one of them is Samaritan's Purse. So we work with them directly. They've been very uh, generous, and uh, yeah, I've worked with them directly. So, thank you. Where are your mom and dad now? Oh, they're in Odessa. Yeah, one of those things my dad said. The reason why he didn't leave, he said, young pastors and young fathers who have children, they must go. I'm more than 70 years old. I'm a pastor. And if I die, it wouldn't be that like harmful for the family as if young pastor would die. And uh, he, he said, I will stay. So uh, he had poor health, but he preached every Sunday in different churches uh, for nine months because pastors left and they had big families and it's understandable, like it's even Odessa is no good place for, to be for children. So, 
Okay, thank you, Vera. Uh, can somebody be willing to write for Vera? gospel to have an impact. Uh, Vera is sharing about people who are just bitter and angry and, and uh, have no peace, have no joy, uh, as Vera has demonstrated and others, as others do as well. It is possible to have joy and peace in the midst of all of our sin. And so we just pray that you would continue to be at work um, through those who are continuing be there to share the gospel and hearts would be open to hear. Pray for Vera as she's here. Just pray that you would um, help her to enjoy this time. Help her to be able to share her story and, and give encouragement to others. And Lord, pray that, that those of us who um, are not in these situations would be praying, that we would be lifting up, that we would be concerned for your, your people around the world. 